You're listening to the Citrus Church Podcast. Now, here's the message. All right, Jared here. You're listening to the Refresh Podcast, where we aim to take a deeper dive into our faith and extend the conversations beyond Sunday. I am joined by the one, the only, Pastor Brian. That's me. Glad to be here. I'm chewing on candy, so if you hear crunching in the background, I'm trying to finish off my Halloween stock. I wish I had candy. I always like restock after Halloween. And I like hit the discount candy, <laughs> but with this lovely, you know, time of year, everything just kind of goes out of whack because time also changed. So yeah, I forgot, I forgot to go get my, uh, discount Halloween candy. <laughs> my kids brought a bunch of the extra candy, so we don't eat it all at home and filled up a candy jar that I have in my office. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. So if you listened in with us last week, we talked about meditative worship from Higher up within the Florida United Methodist Church, it was suggested that we try meditative worship in favor of congregational singing and singing out loud together. And it was a lovely idea, except, you know, if you Google meditative worship, there's not really an answer. So that kind of makes things difficult. So what we decided to do was kind of take a step and see if we can explain and maybe describe what it is. and. For those who have maybe meditated in the past, that may sound simple and it may be easier for you. For someone, say, like myself or maybe even Brian. Brian, have you ever meditated before? Um, I never used to call it that, but um, I would say at this point, that's that's kind of one of the tricks and techniques that I use to kind of help myself with anxiety and to kind of bring that down. Okay. For Like I said, for some of us, meditation may sound easy. For others, maybe like myself who have never tried it, it may be a little difficult. So what I suggested was this practice called active listening. It has many different names and it can change. Some people also call it deep listening, but it's kind of a music exercise where you listen in and you focus on nothing else. You do do anything else. You focus purely on listening to what stands out when you hear something. And the idea is to use that as our way to worship and kind of see how God's speaking in our lives. So, Brian, I don't know if you've had a chance to try it, but has that worked for you? Yeah, I mean, I like the idea because some people have a hang up with meditation because it sounds like, oh, well, is that Christian? And I'll just kind of say, I think it's a hundred percent works. Uh, Christians were meditating for a long time before and only in recent history has it there been that kind of uh that, that thought that maybe it doesn't fit. It does fit. Um, but active listening is another great term too. And I, I think it, it really just sums up what we're supposed to do in prayer. This idea that it's not just us talking, it's us trying to hear God and hear from God. And it's not easy and it takes us focusing. So yeah, it's, uh, I think it's a really great exercise. And, and in some ways I think, uh, active listening or meditation through worship, through the music that we would normally like sing out on day is a phenomenal way to grow deeper, like really actually grow deeper in this season. So with kind of practicing myself, cause I didn't want to, you know, explain something and not be able to do it or not have tried it myself. I tried a few active listening exercises and I actually enjoyed it. I had fun with it. So I figured why not get Brian involved and let's actively listen to something together and, Just see what we hear and what stands out to us. So we decided to listen to Miss Tasha Layton. 
it was I think Brian Brian introduced me to this artist and kind of did some research, Brian. I don't know if you knew any of this, but I, I didn't. I realized I didn't know much about her. Yeah. Turns out she grew up in South Carolina during her college. She was majoring in music, but she switched to religion and studied other religions and kind of went on a search of trying to find the truth, we'll say. Mm. And sometime after that, she kind of returned to the States. She auditioned for American Idol and made it to the top 60 during American Idol season nine. That's cool. Yeah. And somewhere it's unclear where it happened. I'm not sure if it was kind of during the American Idol time or afterwards. She toured with Katy Perry for about four years. Oh, okay. So she's well known. I just didn't know her. (laughs) Yeah. And then along with touring with Katy Perry, she's also worked with Disneyland. Cirque de Soleil, and she's also done recording with Nickelodeon before putting wow. out music. Yeah, man, she's like been busy. Yeah, that's what no I'm kidding. getting from this. And before kind of putting out her own music, she taught classes at the National Praise and Worship Institute at Trevecca University up in, I believe it's in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. So, busy woman. Yeah, good background. Yeah. Yeah. So, we decided to listen to her newest EP. It's entitled Into the Sea, and that's kind of the song that Brian first introduced me to. So as the first person to listen to the song, Brian, what stood out to you when you listened to it? I think for me, uh, it's one of those songs where I don't know if if it was new or if that's just when I heard it, but I felt like it kind of became like an, like an anthem <laughs> for this 2020. Um, and there's this part in here where it says, you know, though the mountains may be moved into the sea though the ground beneath might crumble and give way. And I was like, yeah, that's how this feels right now and has felt since March. And she responds, you know, I can hear my father singing over me. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And what I like about that, that what stuck to me about that was not just, I liked how it sounds. I like how it builds. And I, I liked all that musical stuff about it. But what I, I loved about this was it wasn't just that her hope was in, a generic idea like, oh, everything's going to be okay. Like, just just trust that everything will be okay. It was rooted in, because God is with us, it's going to be okay. And, and for me, that's been the only thing that has made this season, tan- um, this season work, is, okay, God's still with us. So for me, that just became like a, that song is just, I think, an anthem for the season we're in. What about you? What What kind of caught you with that one? It's funny that we didn't really talk about this before we recorded it, but I wrote down, I believe in the bridge, it says in the valleys and in the shadows, you're so close. And I like how that kind of runs with our running theme of how God is always with us, Mm -hmm. even in the times where we feel like we are alone. And something else that stood out to me, probably, I would say it's one of my favorite sermons that you've done is the one where you talked about having doubts. Hmm. And I, yeah. in both the verses, she kind of mentions the first verse. She says, my mind is racing with the question that with the question, are you still good? And I believe in the second verse, she goes on to say, you know, I blame myself and I've blamed you too. And I feel like that matches up with kind of those feelings of, I don't see God. So it's difficult to feel like he is with us. Mm-hmm. But like you said in the, choruses she goes on to say though the mountains may be drawn into the sea i can still feel my father singing over me that 
it's going to be okay. Yeah. So, like how that stood out. And as a fun little side note, I did some digging about this song in particular. And one of the things she said that inspired this song was her two-year-old, believe it or not. Really? <laughs> she said, uh, and I quote, I have a two-year-old son, and when he falls and scrapes his knee, or when he's scared, or when he's sad, I take his little face in my hands, and I look at him and say, you know what, buddy? It's going to be okay. Wow. She also says, and I quote again, I wrote this song during a time when I was facing a lot of heartache, worry, and stress, and I was crying out to God just like my little son cries out to me. So I feel like that matches up with kind of that feeling of we may not see it and we may not feel it, but God is always still there. Yeah, absolutely. That's pod. Sometimes knowing the behind the music is even more powerful. And let's see. After It's Going to Be Okay, or Into the Sea, if you'd rather, is a song called Good Things. And what did you think of that one, Brian? I guess I knew this artist from their first song. And so some of the musical styles from some of the other songs weren't kind of like my usual cup of tea. Um, but I think that's part of what I was trying to learn in this exercise was like, don't critique the music if it's not the style that I like. Like, hear the words, hear the heart, and and listen to what God might be saying through through that. Um, so with, with this song, there's part like, I can't see the outcome from where I stand right now. And again, like 2020. But you know what was kind of neat about this song was it began it began with doubt and it and it ends with this statement, you are trustworthy. And, and I thought to myself, like, that is so many of the Psalms. Like the Psalms begin with like, this isn't working. I'm not sure, God, like this is not going well. And by the end, they're saying like, but I know that I can trust you. And that's kind of part of my thought. I'll go into that later. My thought with this whole album of kind of what she might be thinking. But just this idea that for us, like, where, where do we begin? And so maybe with the song or with prayer, we do begin with our doubts, with our struggles. Uh, we don't have to show up perfect. But, you know, when we pour it out to God, as she kind of pours it out in the song, we get to the point at the end where we can say, OK, God, but now that I've kind of gotten that off of my chest, I know that you're still trustworthy. Yeah. And for me, kind of one of the standouts in the verse again, in the first verse, she says, I can't I can't see the outcome from where I stand right now. How could I ever outrun the shadow of my doubt? And I feel like that kind of summarizes that feeling that we all have. I feel like it matches up with the same theme of into the sea where we're kind of trying to figure out what to do with our doubt and how do we handle our doubts. But she goes on to say that you say I'm good enough and I'll praise you through it all. And it's that for me, it's that feeling of continuing to believe what you can't see. Mm -hmm. And I also agree with Brian. It's not my full cup of tea. It's like, Half my cup of tea, maybe. <laughs> I uh, I still kind of lean towards more guitar-heavy mu music. It was one of the things I was listening for, but it's like, no, focus on, focus on something else. Focus on something <laughs> else you hear. So After Good Things is a song called Thank You for the No. What did you think of that one? Well, for this one, I felt like I could resonate once again because um, there's this line like, thank you for the not yet and for the not now. And it always sounds silly 
or, or strange when we say like, you know, thank you, God, for what hasn't happened yet. But I think that's an act of faith to say, uh, God, I'm holding on. And right now things seem silent, but I- I'm holding on. And when I heard this song, the, the theme that kept coming back to me was this idea of like God's ways are just not my ways. It's not my own. And I've got to hold on because I don't know what God's doing. I don't know what God's planning. I realize that God is not uh, the author of these bad things that are happening, but God's in this. And I just don't have the answers right now. I totally agree. I like how in the first verse it even says, my heart was asking, is it really so? Uh, You knew what I wanted more than anything, but that's the one thing I felt you withhold. And it goes on to say later in the song, you know, I hate to wait, but it's kind of this theme of having patience because I'm sure we would like to see things differently. We would, there are things we want, but to kind of quote another song from a band called the wallflowers that it's a line that's always stood out to me. And there's a line that says, sometimes a high wall is just a wall. Sometimes it's there to make sure you feel small or it may be there to save you from the depths of a much deeper fall. And there's always Mm. those things that, we feel our obstacles in our path, but they might be something to prevent us from maybe going too far or going the wrong way. So that's what this song makes me think of. That's what this song brings to mind. And it ends, the EP ends, there's also an acoustic version of Into the Sea. But the last song we'll say is a song called Safe Here. And what I mainly got from it was it's, rest from the burdens in life or kind of asking for rest from the burdens in this life. And I feel like it's for me that like safe place would be church or maybe being around family, being around home, just those safe places or those places we find comfort. That's what I got from it. Mm. That's what I feel she's talking about. I'll say, but maybe overall, Brian, what did you think of, this lovely EP that we listened to. Yeah. When I got to the end, I I tried to think through like, what were the themes? And I feel like this was an, I wrote this down. It was an album at the intersection of life and prayer. And you, you kind of hear it in the songs. There's a sense of overburdened, overwhelmed, unsure of the next step. And it's almost like we're hearing her process this with God in prayer. And the songs like the, the Psalms are her prayers. And there's this movement in the songs and even in kind of the EP itself um, to an assurance of who God is, like you said, with the song Safe Place. Um, and and this idea that that for her, God is a parent who really knows best, even if she doesn't kind of catch everything that's happening right now. Uh, so with this one, I just got the sense that we were kind of getting a chance to kind of listen into her prayer life and, and almost hear her as she is actively listening to God, you know? So it's like these several layers of it. What'd you, what'd you catch? I won't say it's like an anthem or maybe the like album of 2020, but I feel like it definitely kind of lies up with what's been going on and just those feelings of so much has happened that it's either, it's easy to doubt God and it's also I'll say we're also probably getting impatient, but this kind of reflects like we have to wait. He hasn't left us. He's still with us. We're just waiting for whatever's next Mm -hmm. in the best way. 
whatever he has in store next. Yeah. So before we wrap up, I wanted to share this verse. Uh, I'm not sure if this is from her or maybe someone else who probably did research as well. But it says that this song is inspired by Psalms 46, 1 through 3. And it says, God is our refuge and strength, a help always near in times of great trouble. That's why we won't be afraid when the world falls apart, when the mountains crumble into the center of the sea, when its waters roar in rage, when the mountains shake because of its surging waves. And I like how that kind of rhymes at the end. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just want to encourage people like on Sunday morning, like when we do gather, like if you can't you know, we, we it, it's it's best for the health of ourselves and others if we don't, you know, really sing out right now. And like Jared, you said, it's hard to do that in a mask. Um, so in some ways, I think this is a season where instead of being more outwardly expressive, we are being invited to be more inwardly focused, um, not not just on ourselves, but but maybe to think a little bit more about the songs and the words that we're hearing. Because uh, sometimes when something gets so familiar, it's easy just to kind of like go with it and sing it out. Um but there's also a part of our faith that is that is a, a, comes from a place of thinking and meditating and, and reflecting. Um, so there's just still so much work, and that's worship. We don't have to be able to sing out loud to worship. And in a lot of ways, these are practices that Christians have done for two thousands of years. We're just coming back to them in this season. All right. And before we close things out, Brian, are there any announcements or anything we have upcoming? Yeah, we're, we're coming up to the season of Advent, one of my favorite times of the year. And the big thing is, is we've got some four-week Advent studies coming up. Uh, and so those are on our website today at citrus.org. Um, or we also have for the kids, or I should say, and we've got some um, kids Advent boxes that our new children's ministry coordinator, Crystal Hollick, is working on. Um, so they can do some Advent activities at home. Uh, so what we're planning is not to overwhelm people in Advent, but to create some meaningful space where we can really capture the goodness and the essence of this season. All right. Sounds good. And to close this out, I'll close this out with one more quote from Tasha Layton. She did an interview with the Christian beat and they asked her, what was one key message you wanted listeners to kind of take away from into the sea and the songs on it. And she said, and I quote, I hope when people hear this song and hear the rest of these songs included on the EP, they are able to access the most honest thoughts and emotions they're feeling right now and truly hand them over to God. I hope they sense God assuring them that no matter what they are facing, it's going to be okay. And with that, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Make sure to visit our website, citruschurch.org. If you found refreshments in this message, share it with a friend. And hey, God loves you.